ago when Kelly pinch hit pinch hitted pinch hit for Quigs Keith Johnston at Spectrum Philly on Twitter had said topic for discussion during the gritty Santa sack commercial one of the milks he leaves out for Santa is labeled homebrew I have questions also I'd like a scene by scene breakdown of the lots Sanny Ric Flair commercials hashtag Oscar buzz and Keith let me tell you I had managed to avoid these commercials for the most part somehow until recently. And then I saw them at least twice in the past week and they are something else. And they are Quake still hasn't seen them, which is amazing. And I, I'm going to have him pull it up right now and react to it because they are something else. I have not seen any of these commercials. I live in Virginia. So like obviously none of the local flyers commercials show up down here. So I have it pulled up right now. On my computer, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna react to it live. So here we go. <laughs> he's gonna do it live. And do it live. Fuck it. For those of you who haven't seen these commercials, as he's pulling it up, that it, it has Ric Flair and Scott Lawton and Travis Sanheim. Travis Sanheim in his full Robin Hood facial hair, that that goatee, that long blonde goatee, yes. all going right there. And Ric Flair is uh, just teaching them life lessons there and teaching them when to say woo. And Scott Lawton and Travis Sanheim, clearly not trained actors, just cannot stop looking at the cue cards. <laughs> I can't wait to see this. All right, here we go. I'm starting it right now. <laughs> They're all staring at the cue cards. Yeah, but at least Ric Flair has enough, like, you know, training that he can kind of bounce around a little bit and keep eye contact with other people. Oh, this is... So, they're airing this on television? Yes. I would like you talk. <laughs> oh, my God. This is really bad. Like, this is hilariously terrible. <laughs> they're staring down the cue cards. Gosh darn right it is. If they had heat vision, they would be torching these cue cards the way they are just staring at them. Woo! Holy fuck, Steve. That's a disaster of a commercial. It's pretty bad. And Car that Shield is so bad. Car Shield's notorious for having some of the more painful ones because is Car Shield also the one that did the Wayne Simmons one a couple years back where he does the press like there's always an athlete who does a press conference and they're taking questions about insurance or something. And it's all just, Oh, why? Yeah. I now I will shield. say the Tyrese Maxey one, the Tyrese Maxey one was pretty good. Is I that car Tyrese, shield? I, th was it car shield? And it was some sort of thing. He was in a press conference and they were like, Tyrese, who had the best coverage for you tonight? And he was like, car shield or something like that. Tyrese, I think does it the best Wayne Simmons. It was a rough one. And we all love the Wayne train. We're very pro Wayne train podcast here, but yeah. still a rough ride. And even given some of the rougher ones we've had with, I forget if it's car shield or another insurance company, but low level insurance companies doing these kind of ads. I think Scott Lawton 
And I don't. I say this uh, fear of being murdered by Scott Lawton because yeah, we all know Scott Lawton to, is a ser- secret yeah. serial killer, and Scott Lawton might be the worst performance out of all of them. Even Travis Sanheim, who's rough in this, don't get me wrong, is still a rung above Scott Lawton. Didn't they have Matt Vierling doing the Car Shield commercial too? <laughs> yes. You want to that talk was about also really bad. One of the least consequential Phillies from this past season. <laughs> yeah. It would be Matt Vierling. Yes. He had a yeah, Matt Vierling had a couple shining moments. Sure. The, and when I say a couple, I literally mean like two in 162 games. Yeah. And Matt Vierling's a perfectly fine backup center fielder. Yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah Carshield. Carshield. Uh, t- get some acting lessons in there. Just, it takes nothing. Just Woo. say, hey, can you not look at the cue card? How about you do some research before you start reading? Not everybody's not everybody's made for acting, you know. And clearly, Scott Lawton and Travis Sanheim are, are two of those individuals. Listen, who aren't made not, for a, not not everybody's like us, Steve. I mean, we just oh, have yeah. faces. We just have faces for the silver screen. We're talented, which just... is why we're putting every one of these podcasts on YouTube. Yeah, every single one. Every People single... just have to find them once they find them. <laughs> It's this, yeah, go on our YouTube channel. We have a YouTube channel. It's called Flyperbly. Just go uh, look us up. All I, I, our... I probably have a YouTube channel registered yeah. to that. Don't look it up. There, I'm sure there's nothing good to find on there. Don't <laughs> look like it up. That, Don't do it. This is like that prank that high school seniors tell the high school freshmen like, yo, have you been to the pool on the roof? Uh, like, what? I there's think, a pool on the roof? Is that every high school does that? Because we had that one too. Yeah, every, I'm pretty sure everyone does it. Oh, so lazy. Just lazy writing on the high school seniors' parts right there. Yeah, not great. Same for Car Shield. Lazy writing there as well. <laughs> now, as far as the gritty commercial, the Santa Sack one, I imagine you haven't seen that either as a, you being a Virginian. I have not, no. So I, I couldn't find a YouTube link for this one, but essentially it's Santa gritty going through and doing Santa stuff. And at one point he's going over various, like... Various glasses, and it's like milk and such, and one of them says homebrew. So the the question from Keith here is, what could Gritty's homebrew be? Because that's a terrifying thought. As we've discussed before, Gritty is an agent of chaos. He is truly one of the most frightening creatures that this planet has ever spawned. So yeah. what could Gritty's homebrew be? I mean, it could be pure acid. I mean, it looked like milk, right? But... It could be acid. If he subsisted on acid, it wouldn't surprise me. It's very funny you said acid because I was about to say battery acid. Just it could be battery up. acid. Absolutely. Yeah. And that'd be appropriate because he just <laughs> he just milked the batteries, essentially, right? Because yeah. of all the batteries that are being thrown at players on the ice. Gritty's, fa- <laughs> Gritty's two favorite things, hot dogs and battery acid. Yeah. <laughs> he, that's, that's where he lives. That's album. Yeah. <laughs> we actually have a Limp Biscuit talking point later. That's fun. Yeah, we, we have to. Yeah, we have we, we have some words about Limp Biscuit. We have some words about our, our one of our favorites over there. And but back to Gritty on this one, because, you know, Battery Acid's a great guess. I, I think Moonshine is certainly a spectacular guess for this. If Gritty was distilling his own moonshine, it would come to the surprise of no one. Is there like a like a liquid hallucinogenic drug i mean yes <laughs> could be that some sort of hallucinogenic maybe he's just drinking liquefied heroin 
it could be liquefied heroin. That's certainly <laughs> one theory. No idea. What what if it's the liquid nightmares of children? I mean, that's a given. It's a given. Just, you know, of course, Gritty (laughs) is drinking the nightmares of children, which is why he's dressed as Santa Claus, because he's sneaking in to steal the nightmares of children. Man, you know what? They did that movie, uh, Violent Night. They did it all wrong. They cast the wrong guy to play Santa. Yeah. They should have just fought. They should have got fucking Gritty. Should have gotten gritty. I Imagine think this the violence. is an opportunity for us to create the Santa gritty p- film that everybody has demanded. Uh, all right, flyers, you steal all of Steve's ideas. Anyway, we're giving you permission on this one. Let's make a gritty movie where he's Santa and he just kills everybody gruesomely. Um, I, I think that would do very well. Play it before games. Play it before play. at this point. You might as well because and you know really. what? Play it before every game, even after Christmas. Just keep playing. Keep playing the Christmas, the Christmas massacre from Gritty every game until the end of the season. It's not like people are showing up to games. <laughs> it's true. I mean, no one's going to notice. They had five dollar beer night last night. They were just begging people to come out. I mean, also I it was it was a weeknight game against the Columbus Blue Jackets. It'd probably be sparsely attended, even in the best of times. Right. Let alone yeah. the blurst of times like we're in now. But Johnny Goudreau's Columbus Blue Jackets. Yes, Johnny Goudreau, Johnny Hockey, and his Columbus Blue Jackets. Hey, you know what? Flyers got a rare win where they were clearly the team on top for most of the game. It doesn't I gotta happen say, often. I was gonna say yeah, I was gonna say last night I actually for a few minutes was enjoying the Flyers. <laughs> like I was watching the game and I was like, yo, this is actually kind of fun. Um and then Morgan I Frost put on that- a show. He did. And so Owen Tippett played well. Cam York played well. Like TK? a lot of the young guys. TK. Oh my God, dude. TK was out of control. The jerk store was open for business and it was kicking ass and taking names. It was. It was. I was very proud watching that. And um, yeah, I mean, a lot of the good young players performed well last night. TK played incredibly well. Um, and that was just a fun game to watch, honestly. And especially that it came against my arch nemesis, Columbus Blue Jackets. Like, it was just awesome. You and do so, hate like, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Yeah. And so I'm just, yeah. But then I remembered that it's the Flyers and, like, they're, <laughs> this doesn't last very long, that feeling of having fun. No, it doesn't. You have to cherish those moments whenever you can. And, yeah. you know, TK having such a good night, I think we can raise a glass of what I ultimately think Gritty's homebrew is, and that's a white Russian, or as the dude calls it, a Caucasian, okay? I think yeah. Gritty's homebrew is ultimately a white Russian, and that's what is in the mason jar. And I raise a white Russian over to TK on a fantastic performance right there, and uh, making us forget the Flyers are hot garbage fire for a few minutes. To TK, clink, clink, clink. Clink, clink, clink. And, you know, as we celebrate a rare win over an inferior opponent, a nice feeling for once, we do forget about some of the just terrible things that have come out in recent days. (laughs) One of those things being that we finally got word one way or the other on Cam Atkinson, and it was the other, okay? It was the other way. Cam Atkinson out for the rest of the season with a neck injury. In the words of Charlie O'Connor... Welp. Literally last week, we were talking about this on the episode. I remember we were going over the roster. We were looking at Cap Friendly. And I was like, what the fuck is going on with Cam Atkinson? Because they keep saying that he's getting better. And he's like, you know, doing, he's doing practice now. He's skating. And then all of a sudden, like, 
he had been skating for like weeks. And he started the season day to day, then it was week to week, and it was just such a weird situation. And now we all know he was fucked up. And to be, let's be completely honest: is are you shocked at all, Steve? No, I'm not remotely shocked. When a guy is mysteriously not playing for weeks, you haven't seen him at all in the season, and we're approaching Christmas. There's an issue. There is a real serious yeah. problem, and this is really where. He, it bothers me that the NHL is allowed to be so obscure on player injuries. Like it's horrible. I get it. Right. I get that. You don't want to give up a competitive advantage. I know that you don't want certain guys targeting guys in certain areas of their body because they have an injury, a weakness, blah, blah, blah. But as far as media coverage, as far as fan knowledge goes, we really need to know this information because it starts just baseless speculation. And I had actually heard that, I, that there was some idiots out there asking some questions with a capital Q about if this was a vaccine related heart condition. I hate it here. I hate these people fucking ugh, maniacs. But th- this is the kind of stuff that if <laughs> this number one shouldn't happen regardless, because these are just maniacs asking these kind of questions. But this is the kind of speculation that, gets very much tampered down if you had this information up front about what Cam Atkinson is going through, what he's suffering through. I mean, for the entirety of last season, we had no idea what the deal was with Ryan Ellis, right? And that really just had us all spinning wheels, had people's imaginations running over time, and it was bad news all around. Yeah, and you know what, like, it happened with Ryan Ellis. It happened with now it's happened with Cam Atkinson. And I don't think it'll happen this way, but like it does make you worry about like, could this happen to Sean Couturier? You know what I mean? Like he's expected to be back, but so was Cam Atkinson. And we haven't seen Sean Couturier play. And I know his, his situation's way different. It's kind of like, this is more of an apples and oranges situation, but like, um, still, it makes you – it's a little scary to think like, oh, if this could happen to Cam, who they were all saying was going to come back soon, why wouldn't it happen to Sean Couture, who now has had two back surgeries? Or, or is it three back surgeries? I forget the and, exact number. It's yeah. been at a minimum two at this point. But and his back is all sorts of fucked up right now. It's all sorts of fucked up. It just – it sucks – to not have any information on this, to just have this these guys floating out there in the void. And is there any other team that this seems to happen to as much as it happens to the Flyers? I, I can't think of any no team. Way. No, I, I certainly don't follow other teams as closely as I do the Flyers, but it's very strange that we're now establishing this pattern of guys just kind of disappearing and getting zero updates on them. Yeah. I, I feel like the Capitals have had some bad luck with injuries. Like, Backstrom has been hurt, but he's, like, skating now. Tom Wilson was in a normal jersey today, I believe, from what I saw from Sammy Silber of Washington Hockey Now. Um, not later, Steve. Right now. Right now! Hockey right now. now! Not um, tomorrow. Not yesterday. Hockey now! Right now. <laughs> um, so, yeah, but, like, there are other teams that have, like, their own injury problems. But, like, it's just so weird that the Flyers are, like, players are just dying. <laughs> So, and, like, but it's you would have no idea if they're dead. The player could be dead for yeah. six months, and you would find out in the off season, in just on the locker cleanout day, right? That oh yeah, that guy died. Yeah. So my girlfriend is like very very new to hockey, and the other night we were watching a Flyers game, and she's like, "What the fuck is an upper body injury?" And I was like, <laughs> "Phenomenal question. I don't know." 
Nobody knows. No one has any idea what that means. It could, could mean be your literally arm. anything. Could be your wrist. Is your it wrist could... upper, lower body? No one knows. It could be your heart. It could be your brain. It could be your ribs. Yeah. It's honestly it could... a miracle that when Chris Letang had his stroke, they didn't just say it was an upper upper body injury. Oh, you know they like, were tempted to. You know they were I'm absolutely sure they tempted were. to. Yeah. You could have a stomach injury, right? You could have an upset tummy, and that would be an upper body injury. Also, real quick, now that we mentioned it, um, I hate the man, but like, congrats to Crystal Tang coming back and playing well. That's a scary situation. It's a scary situation, and it's very cool that he was able to bounce back as quickly as he was. It's uh, frankly an amazing, amazing time we live in where somebody can yeah. bounce back that quickly from a stroke and play NHL hockey. Phenomenal. Right. Let's not forget, though. Fuck you, Chris Letang. Yeah, oh, of course. Of course. Back to what we were talking about. But yeah, no, it's like it's it's so weird. Like, I, I don't know why hockey. Why, why is hockey like this? No other sports like this in the world. Like, why? It's I, I, I don't know. It's frustrating. We're, there's it's no answer. We have no answer. It's, we have no uh, answer. And it's also just a shame from a fan perspective to not be able to watch Cam Atkinson. I think he was easily one of the more likable flyers on the team. Uh, certainly yeah. a, a great locker room presence. Uh, a great guy for PR purposes. I mean, he always has that smile on his face. He's always doing great community events and everything. Cam's just a great guy to have out there. And... He scores goals and he kills penalties. So Cam is just an well, all-around yeah. great guy to have around on your team. And he's got he's the only guy before the season who really had an extensive history with John Tortorella. And you know, it's it sucks because he should have been there to help these guys like kind of learn the Torts methods and all that, and he's just not around. And it's just it sucks we don't get to watch him and we're not gonna get to see him at all this season. There's very little to root for in this team, and Cam Atkinson is one of those guys who is just very, very rootable. Right. Well, now that we brought up TK, and this is actually kind of a fun little comparison. Like we mentioned how against the Blue Jackets, TK played really well, and like it's so easy to see like why Torts is liking TK as much as he is. Like, I know there was that one game earlier on in the season where he benched him or whatever. Um, but like TK and Torts really seem to be kind of developing a nice little relationship. And it makes sense because Cam Atkinson and TK are like pretty similar players, like smaller guys. Um, and all of a sudden, like Cam Atkinson's a 200 foot player. Like he's a, he's a penalty killer. And all of a sudden Travis Konechny's killing P or killing penalties and he's scoring goals shorthanded. Like yeah, wasn't Cam that Atkinson his did. first shorthanded goal? Yes. So, like, it's really cool to see TK kind of not becoming Cam Atkinson, but really kind of, like, taking on that role that Cam Atkinson played under Tortorella in Columbus. Yeah, and we came into the season a lot of speculation. There was a lot of speculation about Torts and TK butting heads, them being an issue, and... We, you know, despite that one little bump in the road, it really seems like that's actually working out well. I mean, Torts was just beaming about Travis Konechny after the game the other night. Yeah. Yeah. It's good to see. And like, it's, it's so funny. Yeah. I did not, (laughs) I didn't anticipate, I didn't anticipate Tortorella and Kevin Hayes not getting along, but I thought TK was going to be the one that he was going to hate. And it turns out TK is like really... He's kind of, I don't know, like from an outsider's perspective, it looks like TK is really becoming one of Torts's kind of guys, which is awesome. Torts's tykes. Torts's tykes. That's actually, a, if if the Flyers become, get some like really good young talent, 
And Torts is still around. That would be actually a great name for a uh, line or something. There you go, Torts' tykes over there. Unfortunately, Kevin Hayes will not be one of Torts' tykes. And we're now, we talked last week about Kevin Hayes' buyout speculation and really did not think there was much to it. I mean, the news was coming from one of his uh, most hated rivals in the New York press, and we were thinking it was just bullshit. And it turns out, folks, that when there's smoke, there's flyer. Good night and good hockey. I'm so sorry. Not sorry for that. And Cole Beasley's back so I can make I'm, that kind I'm, of a I'm quitting joke. the podcast, Steve. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. quitting the podcast. Where, there, where there's smoke. I should quit? <laughs> yes. Where there's smoke, there's flyer. But uh, listen, listen, I haven't gotten a really bad dad pun in here in a long time. So I needed this. I needed you, this sure, you sure myself. made up for that lost time with that one. That's the name of the podcast this week. That's for sure. <laughs> but we didn't take it that seriously <laughs> when Larry Brooks, when old Brooksy was bringing it up for the New York Post. Elliot Friedman has brought up Kevin Hayes buyout rumors. So we can take this very seriously now because when yes. Elliot Friedman is talking about it, it is something with some substance to it. Yeah, no, it's like he's like kind of become the Bob McKenzie. Like whenever Uncle Bob would say something, everyone was like, oh my God, what'd you say? And that's pretty much what Elliot Friedman is now. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's quite alarming. I don't think any of us saw quite this happening. Um, because, like, it's, it wasn't a mystery before the season. Like, as soon as Torts came in, he said the first thing he did was, like, talk to Kevin Hayes and say, I want more from you. Like, what was Kevin Hayes expecting here? And I, now, Grant, I'm not trying to put any blame on Kevin Hayes because, like, at this point, he's, what, like 30, 30 years old? He's 30 years old. There, He's not... You're not going to teach an old hockey dog new tricks over here, but you, like, know. you can, but like, it's just, he's, he's very much, it's not like he's, um, Patrick Kane defensively. You know what I mean? Like he's right, not right. It's like when he came to Philly, he was kind of known as like a 200 foot guy and like maybe not the best 200 foot guy, but my God, it's, I, I just didn't see this. I didn't see the relationship between Torts and Hayes just re- becoming a total uh, just shit show that it is right now. And now, granted, Torts has come out and said, like, you guys, the media, are trying to pit him and I against each other, and I hate it. So I'm not giving you updates on him anymore. <laughs> but, like, what is this then? Because Kevin Hayes is clearly ticked off that he got scratched, healthy scratch against his old team, the New York Rangers. That's not just some random game. Like, you know, Kevin Hayes would have liked to play that game. You absolutely know Kevin Hayes wants to play. And the thing is, Kevin Hayes is a competitive guy. He wants to play. He wants to be out there. And listen, like, here's Kevin Hayes' quote on this. He said, I don't think I should have been benched, but he's the coach. I'm the player. And, you know, Torch says that it's ludicrous and that the media is just trying to create this story out of thin air. But you're benching your top scorer against a very tough opponent with a very strapped lineup. It just seems like a a choice that could be a little controversial, my friend. And maybe there isn't, maybe there is a story here because if we're talking about buyouts, right. And we are talking about, you know, you benching your top scorer. Yeah. There's something going on. Yeah. And again, just to reiterate, it's not like this was, you know, 
Kevin Hayes being benched against a good team. He was benched against a good team that at one point traded him away out of town. Like, you know that that had like some sort of sentimental thing to Hayes. He would have loved to play that game. And like, it just, it sucks that it went down the way it did. It's very, I knew that Torres was going to be going hard on Hayes, but I didn't think it was going to be quite, I didn't think it was going to come to this at all. I didn't think it was going to come to this. Maybe I'm naive. I don't know. No, I'm I'm surprised it's come to this. I'm surprised we're talking about buyouts over here, and I'm surprised that we're talking about Keith Yandel in the year of our Lord 2022, because Keith Yandel has entered the chat and said, is it time maybe a coach gets healthy scratched? Oh, what a burn from the NHL's former Iron Man, who probably should not have been starting in an NHL lineup for the past two, three seasons. Did he actually say that? Yeah. Where? When? I forget exactly where, but it was after the news that Kevin Hayes was benched. I mean, damn. <laughs> <laughs> Holy fuck, Kevin Hayes. Or uh, fucking Keith Yandel. I, tried I mean, the to, thing is, yeah. the thing to remember here is Keith Yandel and Kevin Hayes are boys. Like, they're really good friends. And yeah, they, they hang out. Course, they, go to all the, uh, they go to all the barstool blackout parties together all the time. Oh, baby. But the thing is, of That's course, Keith Yandel is going to come to the defense of kevin hayes here because they are really good friends and the thing is i also don't give a shit what keith yandel thinks about the situation because keith yandel really shouldn't have been starting past the first like handful of games last season yeah he he has a very tough time with the healthy scratch situation because when he got healthy scratched that ended his streak and now phil kessel phil the thrill is now the record holder so you know there's a little bit of talk in vegas right now about scratching old phil because i mean as we know, we were talking about Kevin Hayes, his defensive prowess just kind of going down the shitter. Phil Kessel has never been known for his defensive prowess, and that no. is coming under fire right now. For he got reason. run out of town. Mr. Hot Dog is not a good defensive player. Never has been, never will be. And yeah, you probably, I think the record's secure for now. You could probably scratch Phil. It's fine. But yeah, this is a whole thing. When the Flyers scratched Keith Yandel last year, it was like, oh, this is a disgrace to the game. What's oh, wrong with the Flyers? Just a, a, a absolute atrocity here. Oh, shut up. That he was sucked. such a dumb argument. It was horrible. Like, he was literally one of the worst players I've ever seen. Like, he had to be scratched. He deserved to be scratched. If you don't think he deserves it, like, like what? Like, symbolically keep him in the game? No. That's stupid. It, that does not result in anything good for the team. Like let a young player come in who's trying to get his feet wet in the NHL. Like at that point, I can't believe we're, I, I forgot all about this, this discourse and I can't believe we're talking about it again, but like, yeah, no, fuck that. Like he should have been benched. And like, at this point, you know what, if for Vegas, go ahead and bench uh, Kessel too. I, Phil Kessel's hilarious and I like him a lot, but if you're not playing well, then you should be, it's listen we've been talking all season about accountability and how torts is like giving the team accountability every team every player should be held accountable on every team and if you're playing like shit you should be treated like shit you're damn AKA right be benched be benched <laughs> melania not treated not treated like benched. Just, not kicked on the not kicked on the bench by fucking babcock it's my be benched campaign yeah no, I, you're absolutely right. You should not be able to just scratch your name into the starting lineup every night just because you've been able to play all the previous games. Like, sure, that's all well and good, but if you're playing like shit, you should 
percent be scratched. It's just how it is. And especially for a team like Vegas, right? Like you could make the argument last year that it wouldn't have made a difference for the Flyers because they were so goddamn lousy that just playing Keith Yandel regardless would have just been fine because they were just terrible. Vegas is at the top of their division, but you know, they're, they're a few points up, but you never know if you just get into a losing streak, you could be down before you know it. And this is a team that could be looking at playoff positioning. You know, this is a team that will most likely make the playoffs. So, yeah, if you you got to win those games if you're Vegas. Yeah, no, it's it's pretty uh, it's pretty, and it's not like they're struggling right now. Like Vegas is like one of the best teams in the league. But um, yeah, I don't know. Regardless, yeah. cut players or uh, don't cut, but like bench players who should be benched. That's what cut them all. To. Very cut easy. Them all. Yeah, cut them all. Cut. You're cut. You're cut. You're definitely cut. You're cut. Wish the Flyers could do that. I wish so too. That'd be great. But that's the NHL for you. So what a what a, a whole salary cap situation that they have going on. And mm. on the note of that salary cap situation, if the Flyers were to buy out Kevin Hayes, he would be on the books through the twenty eight twenty nine season. The twenty twenty. 324 cap hit would be $2,253,968. 24, 25, and 25, 26 would be $4,753,968. And 26, 27, 27, 28, and 28, 29 cap hit would be $1,611,111. So, not terrible at the end, but pretty, pretty, pretty tough. For the next three or so years right there. I mean, especially a four to five million dollar cap hit on a team that is just constantly strapped for cap space is a death sentence. It's just a terrible idea. And I'm against hindering future teams, future Flyers teams to deal with a bleak and pointless short term future. OK, I, I, I think this buyout would outlast John Tortorella in Philadelphia. It's just, it's yeah. stupid. It's stupid. The thing for me is, is like, what makes you think the Flyers are going to be competitive within the next three to four years? What makes me think? I, I have no. It's not about being competitive, but they have to put a hockey team together and they never have cap space. So if they're missing almost $5 million in cap space. Yeah, but I mean, hey, then you just signed a bunch of. Bad players, <laughs> and then you go for the first but, overall pick. Okay, so if they're not if they're not competitive in the next three years, what about the next four years? What about the next five years? I mean, missing any cap space for a team that's as cap strapped cap strapped as the Flyers is a just terrible move. I hate dead cap space, and I think like why would you do this? I do. I so I I, I don't want them to buy out Kevin. I would like them to trade him. Because he's still a good player, and you one would think a team would like to have him and potentially trade for him. But I also feel like the value they would get from him would be very, very low, because teams know that like the whole buyout situation is a possibility. So this is why exactly. I'm surprised that this even leaked. Why would they even leak this information instead of just trying to build him up? Like, yeah, Kevin Hayes is great. He just doesn't well, mesh with the, you know. Who knows who leaked? Like, we don't know that the like anyone on the Flyers leaked. Like, maybe Hayes leaked it. Like, That's maybe, very possible. Very possible. Maybe maybe Friedman or maybe someone, I don't know. Like, maybe um, Friedman somehow got a scoop and he heard a guy say something to someone. I don't know. But 
Um, yeah, you, it's who knows how this got out, but and it, we don't even know that this is for sure happening. We don't know for sure like, that it's happening, but yeah, honestly, I hate the idea of it. Well, we have to discuss it though. We have to discuss the idea oh, yeah, that yeah, it's yeah. happening, and I, I just don't agree with buying a guy out and dealing with dead cap space for forever because the current coach who again i don't think it's going to last more than three or four years here is not happy with him well let me say this i feel like it would only be and again i don't want to i would prefer them to trade hayes but if they do it would only be really shitty for like the next three years only three which years. Is, which is like not great <laughs> but after that it's only 1.6 million which is like not insignificant but like you know it's manageable like you can work around that i mean you can retool a team to be uh, at least more competitive than they are now yeah in two or three years to get rid of chuck fletcher and then let's say you want to sign somebody and you can't because of this just gigantic 4.7 mil cap hit that you have in dead space. I don't know. Right, I just think yeah. it's stupid. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's no matter how you cut it, it's not ideal. But for a team that's not going to be competitive anyway for the next two or three years. Like, but if you're not going to be competitive, why buy them out? Just deal with it. Just suck it up. Yeah. That's my thing. Who cares? Yeah. Eat Arby's. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Who cares? Like, I at least don't, like they need to. They have to try and tra- like if sure trade them away. Trade you everybody. have to trade them. Get trade what them. you can. Honestly, get just get something for him. Like if just don't buy him. Keep That's some of the thing. cap. I'm fine with that method. Trade them away. Keep some of the cap hit. That's fine. Just don't buy him out and hinder yourself for you know three or four seasons because you really really needed to get rid of Kevin Hayes because John Tortorella doesn't like him. Yeah. It just seems silly to me. The whole thing seems silly. And again, I hope this is all just like pointless, worthless speculation that isn't actually going to happen because I think this buyout's so stupid. And just because a, a current coach, I guess it's like if this was, say, a situation like in the NFL, Mike Tomlin has been the coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers forever, right? If Mike Tomlin doesn't like a guy and says, get rid of him, you say, absolutely. Because that right, is a yeah. great long-term coach who is here forever. But Flyers coaches last, I don't know, three, four years to- tops. They don't last very long. So I don't see any point in hindering a future team because the current coach doesn't like Because I don't think the current coach is going to last very long. I I do think he's going to last longer than a couple years. Do you? I, I am not optimistic. I, I think Torts is definitely. Because like. I feel like they are turning to torts to be to spearhead this rebuild or retool or whatever the fuck this is. <laughs> yeah, but Elaine Vigneault was supposed to be here for, you know, five, six years and he completely self-destructed and just. Right. Yeah. Every Flyers coach is supposed to be here for the long run. Yeah. They always talk the talk. They always say, yeah, I'm going to be here for a while. They're never here for a while. They never fucking are. I just feel like, like they're paying towards so much money. They pay off. They paid Elaine Vigneault a ton of money. Yeah, but like, would they really want to do that again? Yes, because they're stupid. Pay two guys. I mean, yes, they're very dumb. But like, they're very dumb. Ryan, you are. But it's not underestimating like, it's not, how dumb the Flyers are. 
I am. <laughs> and how little they but care about money. But it's not how – it's not like Torts is a bad coach. That's the thing. But that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if they're a bad coach or they're a good coach. If they're not getting results, they get fired by the Flyers. I mean, yeah, but I've I, seen I it like all, Ryan. I feel like they're trying to change it. I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I can't tell you but, how many head coaches the Flyers have had in my lifetime because the number is just too high to keep track of. I mean, yeah, they've they haven't had a like a long term coach in forever, but <laughs> ever maybe since Fred Shiro. But then again, how often do long-term coaches last in the NHL? Like, there's John Cooper. Sure. So don't make a personnel decision based on a head coach. Yeah. That's all I'm trying to say. Right. I think it's I think it's an insane decision if they decide to proceed with this buyout. I just don't do it. Okay, just don't do it. Just suck it up and make Kevin Hayes like, send him the minors. I don't give a shit. But, but then if you yeah, like in two years, if you get rid of Tortorella, you keep Hayes, you get rid of Tortorella, you bring in a new coach, but then that new coach just isn't as good a coach as Tortorella, but he gets along with Hayes. We're in the same spot, just a slightly different situation. We're going to be in the same spot regardless. This whole fucking organization's screwed. I mean, it's not great. It's certainly not great. It's not great! Alright, I'm looking at it now. Since I was born. Bob McCannon. (laughs) Bob McCannon, one. Mike Keenan, two. Paul Holmgren, three. Bill Deneen, four. Terry Simpson, five. Terry Murray, six. Wayne Cashman, seven. Roger Nielsen, eight. Craig Ramsey, nine. Bill Barber, ten. Ken Hitchcock, eleven. John Stevens, twelve. Peter LaViolette, thirteen. Craig Berube, fourteen. Dave Haxtell, fifteen. Scott Gordon, sixteen. Elaine Vigneault, seventeen. Mike Yao, eighteen. John Tortorella is the nineteenth head coach. Of the Philadelphia Flyers in my lifetime. It's That's, damning. That is fucking insane. And it's ridiculous. I hate it here. <laughs> it's not awesome. But again, honestly, like right now, there's I can only think of really two long-term, maybe three long-term head coaches, and that's um, John Cooper, Mike Sullivan, and Bednar. Because I feel like Bednar has been there for a while. He's been there a minute, yeah. But, I mean, everyone else, it's just musical chairs, essentially. It is, so don't make your personnel decisions based on the head coach. That's all I'm saying. I don't know. It's Make a trade, but don't make a buyout. Definitely don't make, make a you buyout. You have to make a trade. Like, and again, like... I. But Chuck Fletcher won't do it, because Chuck Fletcher's useless. He's the worst GM in the entire NHL. So no matter what, no matter what Chuck ends up... Like, he cannot be the one to make this decision. It cannot be. But he him. will be. I, he will they be. have to, they have got, like, he has to be gone before this is figured out. I, I have less and less faith each day that he will be gone before the next draft. If that does, if he's still around next draft, I, there's going to be a complete mutiny in Philadelphia. You would think, but. I mean, if Comcast doesn't get the ticket shit. sales are already like totally dog shit in the cellar. It's bad. Like, what, and like it's going to get worse. A change has to be made. I haven't. This is the I, I can't remember the last year that we were approaching Christmas and I had not been to a Flyers game. Yeah. 
I mean, they hear the fire Fletcher chants all over the place. They know, like, the organization knows that Fletcher is hated unanimously by the fans. Sure, base. but do they and care? They they can't look at this squad, at this team, and think that he's doing a good job being the general manager of the Flyers. Well, <laughs> you would think that. I'm just not confident that they see what we see, and I see an unmitigated disaster. I see Rasmus Ristolainen. I, I see a, a just a, an entire defense that stinks. I see no offense. I just don't even see a hockey team. They they have an AHL team they're running out there. They ran Lucas. They made Lucas Sedlak retire from his dream of <laughs> NHL hockey, okay? Lucas Sedlak had 28, 29 games as a Philadelphia Flyer. He had a real cup of coffee with the team, and he said, I'm good. I'm going to go back home. I'm going to go back to Czechia, Czechia or uh, Czech Republic, whatever the hell we're calling it these days. He went home. Lucas Sedlak said, I had enough. Bye-bye. So I, w- I was trying to do a story about Lucas Sedlak literally days ago, and I requested an interview with him, and he just left. He fled. <laughs> so it's my fault. It is your he, fault. Uh, he, he found out that I wanted to talk to him. He was like, fuck that, bro. And he just What'd you do? He just crossed the ocean to get away from me. Crossed the ocean. I, a whole I, ass ocean. Just, what a stunner that was. And I totally and he's get been it. playing well, too. It's really sad, honestly. I liked him a lot. He's Chuck Fletcher's best pickup in this ca- past calendar year. Easily. Yeah, possibly longer than that. P- possibly longer than that. And Chuck Fletcher... I has not made that many smart moves. Lucas Sedlak has actually been playing very well for the Philadelphia Flyers. He's been a nice, just plug him in any part of the lineup. He'll do it. Okay. Sure thing, chief. And really Lucas Sedlak came over with the dream of winning a Stanley cup with the Colorado avalanche and was put on waivers and claimed by the flyers An absolute nightmare. If you're thinking about winning. That's <laughs> honestly huge. Yeah. Could you imagine that? Like, Oh God, that's a if real a player, kick in the nuts right there. If I'm a player and I signed with the avalanche, they put me on waivers. I'm like, all right, sweet. I'll get sent down to the AHL and then the fucking flyers swoop in and take me. I would keel over and die right there. The orange and the black. The orange and the black. Oh no. Uh, oh, no. no. I that poor son of a bitch. Well, he he said I've had enough and he went home. It's amazing. I I can't And I, look, we know it's not as simple as he played a few games for the Flyers and they were so bad that he said I'm done with the NHL, but it sure seems like that. Yeah. I mean in they talked about this on the flagship show. If the Flyers were good, I feel like this probably wouldn't be happening right now. But sure. the Flyers aren't good. They're actually bad. They're so he was like, bad, yeah. I, wa- I don't want to be part of this. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there's a bunch of reasons why he left, but like, I'm sure that has something. Like, If you were on boss, the Bruins right now, he'd be having a great time. Be having a great time, yeah. And he didn't even try to go the route like, can you please trade me or something? He said, no, I'm just done. I'll see He you. says, I'm just done with it. They made him retire. Like, they made him retire. Qu- the Flyers made a guy quit NHL hockey, quit North America. North America, no longer a positive experience for Lucas Sedlak. I, he went home. It's they didn't make home. him leave a country. They made him leave a continent. That's how bad the Flyers are right now. It's true. A whole continent. It's true. <laughs> For. Poor bastard. Uh, oh, man. Lucas Sedlak. Well, we, you know, we hardly knew you, Lucas, but best of luck moving forward. Happy trails, partner. Yeah, happy trails. I enjoyed you. Fly or uh, shine on, you crazy diamond.
Ah, well, you know, on that note, on the note of, you know, just great musical references, great musicians, I think it's time to talk about one of our favorites, Limp Bizkit. One of the best of all time. One of the goats right here, Fred Durst, Limp Bizkit. And why is Limp Bizkit coming up this week? What thin excuse have I come up with to discuss Limp Bizkit this week? <laughs> well, it's less of a thin excuse because, <laughs> as you might have heard, Elon Musk has been running Twitter into the ground for weeks now. Okay, he just they bought Twitter and he is just throwing that Lego set over and, you know, people's feet are getting the Lego pieces in them. It really hurts. It's really bad for everybody, but he's still doing it. And, you know, thankfully, we've got Fred Durst here to save the day. Fred Durst tweeted at Elon Musk. Good morning, sir. Myself and Limp Biscuit are available. Sorry. For any help you may want or need at Twitter, happy holidays. The funniest part about that to me is, sir. Good morning, sir. Oh, Fred Durst. What Freddy has happened Durst. to Fred? What, well, what's happened to Fred? He's directed movies and... Yeah, but he shouldn't have manners. He's Fred fucking Durst. Well, the, he's gotten older. No one answers tamer. to Fred. He, he answers to people. Or, wait. Am I getting this right? He answers to he people? Answers. They well, that answer means, to him. Yeah, he, no, they answer to him. <laughs> he, now he answers to people. He's a kinder soul. Nah, man. He's no it's longer not the Fred, Fred I know. Not, not the Fred, Fred you know. know. Good friend yeah. of the show, Fred Durst. Fred, the Fredster. The Fred Durster. Yeah, he answers Durst to man. Big D. All Big those D. great names. Speaking of Big D, guess who's starting for the Indianapolis Colts? Big Dick Nick. I saw Big that. Dick Nick is making his triumphant return to a starting lineup in the NFL. It's good for him because we got Minshew Mania in Philadelphia and we got uh, Nick Foles bringing that, that BDE over to Indianapolis. If they both win next weekend, that'll just be incredible. That sounds like a parlay I wouldn't recommend doing, but the yeah, two best nuts. The two best meme quarterbacks in the entire NFL winning would be just wild. And then the Cowboys lose, because if the Eagles win, the Cowboys lose. So, like, all those things put together would be a very funny weekend of football. It would be a very funny weekend of football. I'm here for it. I would love to see it. But you cannot derail me from talking about Limp Biscuit, okay? Because this tweet fascinated me. Because I want to know, what the fuck? Is Fred Durst and Limp Biscuit doing for Twitter? What could they possibly yeah. bring to the table here? That's what fascinated you were fascinated by the sir. I was fascinated by the help. Like this is like when a coworker has like a family member sick or something. You know, please let me know if I can help. You don't really like know what you can do to help, but you like to <laughs> yeah. offer that. Fred Durst, what could you possibly be offering here? So I, I thought of a few ideas. So one of them, I think. Limp Biscuit could pitch verified check marks because Elon Musk has had a lot of trouble with the verified check marks. You know, he's got the Twitter blue one, he's got the, the gold one, I think he's got the ultra silver platinum one. He's trying all these different colored check marks, and I think the only real solution is red backwards hats. Okay, so red backwards <laughs> hats, that's point one of the Limp Biscuit plan for Twitter. That means verified now is red backwards hat but only for the badass verified people oh yeah no of course you have to be a certified badass and you can only get that designation from fred himself that's true and he actually will approve them all on a case-by-case -case basis so okay so i'm confused what does the silver check mark mean i don't know what any of them mean 
Verified account. This account is verified because it is government or multi. Okay. So I guess silver means government. Sure. And then yellow means what exactly? Uh, urine. Official business. Urine. <laughs> Tesla. It, it, urine. Uh, pending urinalysis. That's what. Yeah. Yeah. So another Limp Biscuit idea that they could bring to the table here. Uh, the delete button could be replaced by one that instead of saying delete, which is boring. Everybody knows delete. You know, that's that's the old ways. It now says break stuff. <laughs> what about a rolling button? No, that's instead of retweet, it's rolling. Rolling. Got to roll this tweet. Rolling, rolling. <laughs> what? What? And then finally, the final thing that Limp Bizkit could bring to the table here. They could record a new theme song for a Twitter commercial because Twitter, they need to rebrand. They need to get hip. They need to get with yeah. the times. They need a theme song. And Limp Biscuit is the one to properly bring them into the 2020s. There's only one person who should do, who should be responsible for making a Twitter theme song. And that is none other than Albut. That's true. Albut can make a mean theme song. But I, you know, listen, this isn't my pitch. This is Limp Biscuit's pitch. This I mean, is how yeah, this is true. they're reaching out to Elon Musk and saying, this is what we can do for you. Help us help you, Elon. <laughs> I do need kind of need it to happen now, honestly. Yeah, It'll I need so this theme fun. song. I need this theme song bad. So if you're listening, Fred Durst, and I know you are. Number Fred one, watch sure. out for the ghost of Eddie Van Halen, because he might come rolling up in his assault vehicle and he might be angry at you for smoking weed in his presence. But number two. Give us a sneak peek of that Twitter theme song that I know you're making, okay? I didn't just make all these up. This is all real information. (laughs) It has to happen, honestly. Like, if Elon Musk is, uh, if he's he's a smart man, which he's not, he will give (laughs) the Twitter reins to Fred Durst. How can a rich guy be dumb, Ryan? How can a rich guy be dumb? There's just no I know it's very, it's very rare, Steve. It's very rare. This is a once in a lifetime situation. Once in a lifetime. Once in a lifetime. Same as it ever was. <laughs> All right. So speaking of real stuff, speaking of definitely not fake stuff, it is time for one of my favorite fly purpley traditions. And that is the Christmas movie challenge. And Ryan, yes, you last week, you told me you were not familiar with the Christmas movie challenge. And I questioned if you had ever actually even listened to the show before. And I, uh, never once I actually convinced you and not. So, The Christmas Movie Challenge, for those of you unfamiliar, I have taken a bunch of screenshots and descriptions of Hallmark and Hallmark-esque holiday movies, because Hallmark does it up. They film 65 Christmas movies in April and May up in Toronto, and then they release them all at the holiday time, at the holiday season. And people go nuts for these things. They watch them nonstop. They are just advertised nonstop. They go crazy. So, the thing about these films are, they are bonkers. They just have these crazy descriptions. They don't make any sense. And I decide that I can make some fake ones that are just as good, if not better, than the real ones. So I read them off and have whoever is recording with me try to guess which ones are real and which ones are fake. So Ryan, are you up to the challenge? I'm up to the town, Steve, and I'm going to get 100% on these. You might get 100% on these. I can feel it. So 
I'm going to give you uh, two options for how to proceed. I could either give you pairings, much like we did with the CBS pilot season challenge, where uh, I give you a couple options and you decide which one's the real one and which one's the fake one, or we could take it on a case-by-case basis. Uh, I'll do, I actually like that format, so I'll stick to that format. Okay, there we go. All right, so we're going to start off with Holly's Holiday. Holly Maddox longs for a man like the mannequin in a nearby store. After she slips and hits her head, she wakes to a perfect gentleman by her side. Holly hits it off with her new man, but must choose between the perfect life and real love. Starring Claire Coffey and Ryan McPartland. Is that real or is a caviar Christmas real? Kelsey owns a small candle shop in her hometown when a handsome investor swoops in with the offer of a lifetime. Kelsey tries living a modern-day fairy tale in the city until an emergency calls her home and reminds her of her old life of faith, friends, and kin. Starring Danica McKellar and Bryson Stills. going to say Holly's Holiday is the real one, Steve. You are correct. Ding, 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 ding. Yes, A Caviar Christmas was made up by me. Holly's Holiday. And yes, Claire Coffey is apparently a real actress's name. That's amazing. Good God. Good God. These... I've got to check. I, I need to check out these movies. I need to watch them on Hallmark. <laughs> I'm not sure you do. I, I would I watch I the do. trailers. You get the gist. Oh, okay. Well, I'll just watch the trailers then. You get the gist. I didn't <laughs> I realize mean, these movies were good enough to have trailers. <laughs> oh, I said some of them do. I yeah. watched a lot of them last Friday night. That's not sad at all. Not sad at all. Not remote. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> great time. To, great time to spend. Great way to spend your time on a weekend. Oh, yeah. That's just I've been working all all week to get to watch these Hallmark movie trailers. Hell yeah. Late at night and brainstorm for a fly purbly game. Of course. Yes. Yes. I, I for one appreciate it. All right. So this round, we're going to have three. OK, you have to guess the real one out of the three here. OK, let's do it. All right. First off, we have Ring the Bells. Derek has spent his life trying to make it as a professional boxer. He had given up on his dream and decided to hang up the gloves for good when his childhood sweetheart, Annie, shows up in town and asks him if he can step in the ring one more time to raise money for orphans in the annual Christmas Classic Boxing Showcase. How can he say no? Derek has to get ready for the fight and give Annie the perfect Christmas. Will he be able to pull everything together before the bell rings? Starring Ryder Strong and Merritt Patterson. Christmas She Wrote When Kaylee, a romance writer, has her column canceled right before Christmas, she heads home to reconnect with her family. Kaylee gets an unexpected visit from the man who canceled her column, who fights not only to bring her back to the publisher, but also for her heart. Starring Danica McKellar and Dylan Neal. Or The Christmas Calzone. Since inheriting it from his late father, Gino... I'm sorry, since inheriting it from his late father, Gino spends all of his time at his pizza parlor. Gino needs his business to life while letting his personal life fall flat. Gino's niece, Melissa, has one Christmas wish for her uncle to meet someone nice. Will Gino find a Christmas miracle in a pocket of dough? Starring Adam Ferrara, Ava Preston, and Melissa Joan Hart. Okay, I was going to say Christmas, she wrote. I was going to say that. But I'm going to say a Christmas calzone. And that, that's, that's, the name of the, that's yes, the name of it? The Christmas okay. Calzone, yes. I'm, I'm going with that as the real one because that is too insane. Like, I'm not sure you could even come up with that. 
Well, my friend, I did come up with it. <laughs> oh my god. Christmas She Wrote is the real one of the three. Oh, I, I had it right. With just too. an abysmal title. Christmas She Wrote. It doesn't even involve murder. No, it doesn't. What the hell? It's so against Hallmark movies. Like, it's prerequisites. So, so bad. It's so bad. All right. Next up, we have a couple pairs of Hanukkah movies here, okay? So we oh, have okay. Two pairs. We got to, you know. We gotta involve everybody here. Okay? We gotta be so, inclusive. This is an inclusive podcast. This is a very inclusive podcast. So we've got two pairs of Hanukkah movies. Okay, so we'll take them two at a time. So first up, all right. What is real out of the following? The eight gifts of Hanukkah. An anonymous suitor sends optometrist Sarah a gift for each night of Hanukkah. On her journey to find her secret admirer, she learns her one true love might be someone she never expected. Starring Inbar Lavi and Jake Epstein. Or Eight Crazy Dates. Music teacher Rachel's overbearing sister makes her a profile on a dating app. Rachel agrees to let her sister choose eight dates before the first night of Hanukkah. But her students have their own plans to play matchmaker. Starring Aviva Rose and Jess Spellner. I'm going to say Eight Crazy Dates is the real one. Eight Gifts of Hanukkah is real. Eight Crazy Ugh. Dates? Emily came up with Eight Crazy Dates, actually. That was, uh, That's a good Emily one. Emily special right there. All right. Our next grouping of Hanukkah movies here. We've got home for Hanukkah. Lauren has been making a life for herself as a telecom executive working day and night to show that she can hang with the big boys. When her mother falls ill and asks her to come home for the holidays, Lauren reluctantly agrees. Will she be able to survive eight crazy nights with the family she has been avoiding for years? Starring Danielle Fischel and Karen Kruper. What's the name of that one again? That one's Home for Hanukkah. Home for Hanukkah. Okay. And I just realized the next one isn't a Hanukkah movie. But you know what? We're going to go with it <laughs> anyway it. and see which one's yeah. real. Christmas in Tahoe. To save her family hotel's Christmas show, talent booker Claire must ask for help from her ex-boyfriend Ryan, the lead guitarist of a now famous band that fired her as their manager years ago. Starring Laura Osnes, Kyle Seelig, Patrick Monahan. Tahoe is the right one. It is the right one. And Patrick yes. Monahan. do you know what band Patrick Monahan's from? I do not know. Train. What the fuck? Yeah. Is he the singer? Yeah. Oh, and boy. He's in this movie. Uh, well, I'm definitely not seeing it. Now. That fucking <laughs> Hey Soul Sister song. Hey Soul Sister. Oh, and my God. that Mr. Mr. on the radio. The I was in a karaoke me... bar and somebody sang that and it was just agony. I hope they got booed. I I booed them a little bit. And I that was the first them. time I saw the lyrics to that song, and I just cried. <laughs> I can't imagine they're good. <laughs> I've never cared enough to to like seek out the lyrics to that song. And I don't I don't want to, Steve. I would be very upset if I ever saw them, I'm sure. I'm sure you would be. I'm sure you would be. So finally, finally, we have another threesome here. Okay, we have another threesome. And in fact, there's only one fake one here. There's two real ones and one fake one. Okay. And the the theme of these three is royalty. Okay. <laughs> First up, we have Christmas at Castle Heart. Brooke Bennett goes to Ireland for Christmas to search for her Irish roots. While there, she meets charming Aidan Hart, Earl of Glasgow, mistaken for an elite event planner. She's hired to host his castle's epic Christmas party. Starring... 
Lacey Chabert, and Stuart Townsend. A jolly old Christmas! Claire Smithwick goes to England for the sightseeing tour of her dreams. Things are going according to plan until she runs into Duke James Lutz, who's trying to experience ordinary life by going undercover to tourist attractions. Sparks fly between the two, but will that be enough to keep Claire abroad for Christmas? Starring Lacey Chabert and Gavin Rossdale. Or A Christmas Carousel. When Lila is hired by the royal family of Ancadia to repair a carousel, she must work with the prince to complete it by Christmas. Starring Rachel Boston and Neil Bledsoe. So which one is fake? What was the second one? So the first one is Christmas at Castle Heart, which is Uh Brooke Bennett goes to Ireland for Christmas. The second one is A Jolly Old Christmas, where Claire Smithwick goes to England for sightseeing. And A Christmas Carousel, where Lila has to repair a carousel. I'm going to say Christmas at Castle Heart is the fake one. Christmas at Castle Heart is somehow real. Oh my god. As somehow real, I made up a jolly old Christmas with Lacey Chabert and Bush's Gavin Rossdale. <laughs> oh my god! And so the I, I put a little Flyers connection in here too because Castle Heart is spelled like Carter Hart, H A R T. So I named the Duke James Lots, and I spelled it L A U G H T S. We can't escape the Flyers, even when we're making. <laughs> We can't. I saw Castle Heart, and I had to make my fake one have. It's got to be Carter Heart. I was also trying to come up with a good name for the Duke over here. So you know, the Duke James Lutz. I can't believe Christmas at Castle Heart is a real description. I can't believe a Christmas Carousel is real. Those are so ridiculous. Lila is hired by the royal family of Ancadia to repair a carousel. She must work with the prince to complete it by Christmas. What? Why is the prince even a part of that? The prince. He sh- I feel like the prince should have other things to do. But maybe I'm naive. I don't know. And uh, so I did fuck up. Okay. So I meant to make the Hanukkah ones a three-way. Okay. And then I was going to put Christmas in Tahoe up against this uh, other one that Emily came up with. And I figure I might as well read it at this point because we've read them all. Uh, the other one that Emily had written was Christmas on tour. Meredith takes a job managing a boy band reunion tour. The final concert is a <laughs> holiday special at her childhood home on a Christmas tree farm. Meredith must choose between her teenage musical crush and the small town guy from her past starring Haley Duff and Mar- Mark Allen Jopnell. That's John good. Peel. John Peel. That's what I thought it was going to be like Christmas on tour. Like it's warp tour or something. <laughs> Christmas on warp tour. Maybe that's <laughs> yeah. Christmas on warp tour. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. So, Those are some good ones. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. The 2022 Christmas movie challenge and uh, always enjoy coming up with fake Christmas movies for that one. But that's all we got. That's uh, that was the, the rest of the show notes right there. We got the Limp Biscuit talk. We got the Christmas movie challenge and, and just, you know, joyous times all around. So enjoy your shitty Hallmark movies and enjoy your time with your loved ones. I'm getting tired. I'm running out of gas here, Quakes. I am too. It hit me like a train like five minutes ago. <laughs> I don't know oh, it hit you, hey, soul sister. Hey, it hit oh, you like God. a train. Fuck off. Ain't that Mr. God, Mr. God. On the radio. Fucking terrible song. I will never get over when they performed at a Flyers-Penguins outdoor game. It was oh just abysmal. Oh, my God. 
It was so bad. They should have Green Day should have been there. I don't know what they were thinking. It should always be Green Day just cursing out the crowd. Yeah, that's all I want. That's all I want. That's all I want for Christmas is a Green Day Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> a, a, red, a red and Green Day Christmas. Oh, there you go. There you go. Yeah. Perfect. All right, folks, that's all we got for you. And it was plenty. Thanks so much for listening. If you have any feedback, the best place still is somehow on twitter.com.org.edu.ca.musk. Quiggs, where can people find you on the Twitter machine? Find me at Ryan Quiggs with a Z. Oh, wow. Wow. You can follow me at Flyperbole or at Estee Bomb. If it's for hockey purposes, make it Flyperbole. Follow BSH Radio. Follow Broad Street Hockey. We're on a variety of social media, so go seek us out there. And one final note for me before we close out, I wanted to say congratulations to Jim Gardner on an amazing career as the news anchor for 6ABC. Just a, a fantastic, fantastic local newsman and one of the, the greatest of all time. And he will be missed. One of the best mustaches of all time. I know Quiggs, he's not really somebody you're familiar with, but I grew up with Jim Gardner. And he, he basically, he's one of the inspirations for Ron Burgundy in a way, just looks wise at least. And he's yeah. just, just a phenomenal talent. He finally called it quits today, but I got to give credit to a lot of the local maniacs who went and tailgated his final broadcast today at the news station. They tailgated? They tailgated. It was That amazing. is so Philadelphia. Holy shit, I love that. It is peak Philly. It's so good. But uh, Jim Gardner, you will be missed. And I know local news ain't what it used to be, but it certainly isn't now that Jim Gardner is calling it quits. All right, folks, thank you so much for listening. And until next time, in the words of the great Gene Hart, good night and good hockey. Wow, 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 wow. Wow, wow, wow. wow. <laughs>